This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, Liberty Life, American General, and Pacific Life and Annuity. Now, join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates New England Operations. Thanks for joining us again today. You know, here at Ringler Radio, we cover a wide variety of topics on the settlement industry. And our topics address issues important to plaintiff attorneys, defense attorneys, claim specialists, and just about everyone else involved in the settlement industry. You can find all Ringler Radio shows on our website, ringlerassociates.com, or on the Legal Talk Network at legaltalknetwork.com. Well, joining me today from Ringler's Philadelphia office is Bill Wakely. Bill has almost 20 years of claim management, financial, and structured settlement experience, and is also an adjunct faculty member in the finance department at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. And Bill, uh, I know that Phil Martelli and that basketball program has really put you guys on the map outside of City Line Avenue, so you must be pretty proud of that program. Uh, we are, and, and as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, Larry, the hawk will never die. Well, I hear I, that hawk is something else, and I'll... Uh, I'll talk about that later. (laughs) And today we're going to look at personal injury settlements from the perspective of risk and investment strategies. You know, there's no doubt that every victim of a personal injury has unique needs, current and future, resulting from their injuries. And Bill, why don't you help me explain what that means? Tell our audience what some of those, uh, you know, those needs are and how these financial investment decisions uh, get really skewed when these settlements occur. Well, Larry, as you know, Ringler's been involved in personal injury settlements for over 30 years now. So we've witnessed so many different ways in which an injury can can affect not only the injured party, but their whole family. I mean, these situations are very often life-changing experiences. Um, and when these victims receive a large amount of money, which they're totally unused to, to compensate them for their injuries, they're faced with a huge one-time decision. What do I do with the money? How do I make the most out of this compensation fund? And there's so many financial options out there today. It can be confusing and downright frightening for these mostly unsophisticated investors who really have no experience in financial planning or money management. Well, you know, that's true. And this whole situation creates, you know, a lot of people call this a very unique investor class, the recipients of personal injury settlements. But to help us explain that concept and sort through the investing maze, we have another expert with us. Dr. Christopher Coyne is an associate professor of finance at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. And for someone who uh, had a struggle in math a little bit, uh, Chris, I think, uh, you know, I'm proud to say that uh, you're on the show to help us all out here. Well, thank you very much, Larry. Uh, Let me just mention, too, I'm also a certified financial planner, a CFP. So uh, I've got, uh, you know, kind of both sides of the issue uh, covered from a perspective. Well, that, that's, that's excellent. I didn't, I didn't realize that myself. But uh, I, I also want to know, are, do you flap around in that hawk costume every once in a while? They won't let me near it. You know, they're very, actually, they are very protective of that. Well, you know. They're, very protective of it. You, you, you St. Joe Hawks are uh, some, of the, some of the greatest fans <laughs> I've seen around. Well, Chris, now with all the financial experts out there, how many of them, how many of these financial experts have real experience with personal injury victims? 
it, it would have to be a very small number. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, typically people come in; they either are dealing with people that have established money, recently made some investment money, or whatever it happens to be. But the the market of the settlements is, is a relatively smaller percentage of that, and and most people can't don't understand that they can't apply the same logic that they apply to old money or some of this true newfound money mm-hmm. to the settlement issue because the underlying concepts are very very different mm-hmm. in in the old money or again having investable money uh, you can afford to take some chances you, you know you you've got some leeway and some flexibility to do some things. When you're talking about a settlement issue, you really have to focus on what was it that created the settlement. Mm -hmm. This was not likely punitive damages. This was likely a result of some very specific damaging situation, which is going to have both immediate and long-term impact. And the issue is one of the long-term impact. Mm-hmm. You're going to have potentially increased medical costs. You're going to have uh, a, less of an ability to work. So you have this combination. One does not have the same kind of flexibility in terms of investment decisions under those circumstances. When the downside, you know, the inability to work and the increased medical costs aren't there. Well, you know, that brings us to the, I call it the guns and butter issue. Uh, Bill, what what have you been saying? What is the primary financial goal of a personal injury victim? Is it that wealth accumulation or is it the preservation of the capital? Well, that's really the crux of the issue, Larry. And, and you know, there are two very important com- concepts and they're, and they're often confusing. But I, the, the best way I can look at this is, and, and Chris mentioned it as well, is to differentiate them by looking at risk. Um, you know, we we think of these folks in terms of receiving monetary comp- compensation, um, often substantial sums, and the last thing they should be facing with that money is risk. They've already experienced great risk. They, they've experienced an accident. They've had surgeries. They've had risk on their medical procedures. They face health risks every day. Um, the last thing they do is to risk the funds they receive to compensate them to take care of those you know, very needs into the future, often for the rest of their lives. So we really look at this in our everyday business as more of a call for preservation of the capital as opposed to you know, going into risky markets and accumulating future wealth. Remember, these people often have life-threatening and life-altering injuries. They're mm-hmm. paraplegics, quadriplegics children, adults, traumatic brain injuries, neurological damage, all of those things. They, they have ongoing medical care, physical therapy, psychiatric care. And in most cases that we deal with, Larry, as you know, we're often presented with very specific life care plans that outline exactly how much of each of these items and services that these folks are going to need for the rest of their lives. And that's a great advantage to us because we can sit there as, as planners, if you will, and say, okay, they need X amount of money per month or on these certain occasions over the course of their life. Let's see how we can do that. Uh, it's not a windfall, as, as Chris said, or mm-hmm. winning the lottery or a chance to play the markets or, or make risky investments, but unfortunately some people treat it that way. 
Well, let's let's all agree that it's not wise for any personal injury victim to make risky investments, uh, just trying to look for a better rate of return. So if that's that's the understanding and that's the umbrella over this whole discussion, then what are some of the more safe options? Chris, what are some of the things that these uh, personal injury victims can do to uh, to avoid some of that risk? Do you mind if I revisit the risk issue again? Sure. I think one of the problems is a lot of people don't understand what it is that risk means. Mm-hmm. It's certainly very, very different than a physical risk. It's volatility, and they don't understand the consequences of volatility. What volatility does is it reduces the amount of capital that one has available potentially at any given moment. And if that volatility occurs at the wrong time, say early on in this process, you're not going to have as much money to make more money to do all these things. And that really is the issue, and they don't, so many people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the original question, what can they do? Recognizing, again, the purpose behind this settlement. And, and here's the other point. They don't really have a full understanding of what the future holds. They might feel okay at this point. But you have something like post-traumatic stress syndrome, which doesn't show up for years later. Mm-hmm. You could have someone that had you know, a traumatic brain injury. They may be fine for the next two, three, four, five years, and then suddenly this thing starts to deteriorate much more markedly later on. They don't know that. They don't have the experience. They think everything is the same as it was and they don't feel the need to have that safety and security. But the safety and security is what? Something that guarantees this, this replacement income flow or this income flow that handles those necessary medical expenses that, that again, the people that designed the settlement were aware of because they have more experience in this particular process. They've seen this more times, why do people go to doctors when they're sick? Because everybody comes to the doctor when they're sick, so the doctor is the central location, the central repository for the knowledge about sickness. Not necessarily because he's got any really better skills, knowledge, or anything else necessarily, but simply he's the place that everybody goes. He has the current knowledge. Mm -hmm. Same is true with the settlement issues. You guys have seen various outcomes of settlements, and you, you can say, you know what, in a couple years, you're really going to have to need this kind of thing. They don't recognize that. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to give up this, that safety, security, annuity that the structured settlement provides to take that chance because they don't feel that way yet. You know, Bill, Bill I know, agrees with, with, with this, uh, Chris, because both of us have heard lawyers and financial advisors for claimants, you know, being critical of yeah. the investment return of a structured yeah. settlement. Yeah. Trying to eke out that extra quarter percent of return, you know, and, and putting the funds at greater risk. But what I've seen and what, what Bill has seen as well is that most injury victims who receive settlements, uh, that money is really there and needed for day-to-day living. It's not an investment pot of gold that they're going to sit there and try to create for their future. You're Most of these people right. need this money to live on, so they can't be putting this money at You're risk. You're absolutely right. Well, that's very true, Larry. And, you know, the, the funny thing about that is this really is a unique investor class, and, and that's the way this thing was designed by Congress. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, the whole point of why Congress and the IRS created the solution for this investor class 
was to, to match their future lifetime needs, tax-free, guaranteed payments, and take away not only the, the headaches of, of money management and the fees and the volatility and everything else that Chris mentioned, but to take away some of the market risks. I mean, if somebody needs 3000 a month net for their ongoing medical care for the rest of their lives, that's their number. That's what they need. You know, there's no reason that they would should seek out other investments or higher returns, like you said, if they can get what they need for the rest of their lives. That's quantifiable in this product. You know, I've often I've often said to to people who question these these structured settlements in in lieu of other investment opportunities, I always say the structured settlement can be the foundation of your financial future. You know, let that be the base, and then Absolutely. with some of the cash you receive, you know, build your financial house on top of the foundation. And if the house burns down or blows away, at least the foundation will be there. And and I see that, Chris, as taking away a lot of the risk that's inherent in that process you talked about. All of these structured settlement programs that we put together have within them both a structured settlement, tax-free, yeah. safe, secure piece of it, yeah. but also some cash, a cash component that, that people can then take and do something with on their own. And, of course, the sad thing is most of them dissipate it, but they do have the opportunity to, to use some of that cash and still have the structure. Well, you, you know, you, you just kind of flashed an interesting thought into my mind. You just take a look at normal retirement for people. Mm-hmm. We just had the report yesterday that uh, Social Security isn't going to last as long as they had first thought. And Medicare, Medicaid, excuse me, uh, Medicare is going to be um, done well sooner than they had thought. It there there is a, a sense, a strong positive good sense about having something like a structured settlement as part of people's normal retirement activity. You can do the same thing. You can buy that annuity that guarantees you that ongoing income in retirement. Never mind, you know, needing it for medical. And stuff. I'm just talking about sure. as a as a base level income flow, as you suggested earlier, you know, the house blows down, you still have that amount. And then doing the same thing, you have other investable assets that you use, recognizing the volatility and everything else to try to take advantage and create, you know, greater wealth. But, but that constant represents a key element in anybody's financial future. Well, absolutely. And, and Bill, you know, structured settlements, they, they're, they're out there to help. But, you know, on the other hand, they don't assure that anyone's going to preserve this wealth for the rest of their life because people can even dissipate funds that are there for their long-term care on, on silly things. So, I mean, the, the structure of the, of the actual payments is, is terrific and the tax-free nature, but people still have to, you know, use their common sense, don't they? Oh, absolutely, Larry. I mean, you know, Whenever we have, and you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that any any settlement that, that we take care of in a personal injury situation has many components to it. Uh, one of which is cash for expenses. One of which is cash for the for the claimant themselves, and the other is the structured settlement, which, as you say, is the, is the foundation. Um, you know, the interesting thing about structures, though, from from preserving wealth or preserving capital for their lifetime, is it's very unique in the sense that it does offer lifetime annuities. Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, in our in our business, as you well know, many times life expectancy is an issue, and we don't know how long that person is going to live. Um, so when we put together these plans, you know, these people can walk away from the table knowing that that $3,000 a month is going to be there every month for as long as they live, whether they live to be 45 or whether they live, they live to be, you know, 76. 
Well, Bill, why don't you talk just briefly to some of our audience that may not realize it, that the life expectancy of an individual uh, claimant comes into play and in how that money is uh, is spread out over their time, uh, time frame and how much they can actually get, this the concept of, uh, you know, substandard underwriting, for example. Well, well, that's true, Larry. And this is, this is a concept that most people are unaware of, and, and some people that are even you know, in, in the personal injury arena don't really know how this works. And essentially, a substandard annu- annuity policy, uh, you know, all, all structured settlement annuities are basically life insurance products. So they're based on the life expectancy of the individual. So when the, the life insurance carrier looks at that individual, they look at them from a life expectancy situation. So they take into consideration not only what happened to them in the accident, but but any, you know, other kinds of, of um Conditions that may reduce our life expectancy, like uh, like heart conditions, hypertension, diabetes, cancer, many other factors. And, and I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a 42 year old uh, male, and their statistical life expectancy is uh, I don't know somewhere around 35 years. So it's likely that they'll live to age 77, 78, somewhere in that range. So you take that same scenario, looking at again the unique investor class that we're dealing with here. And let's say our 42-year-old has now sustained a traumatic brain injury from an accident. And let's say they're also diabetic and, and have hypertension, obviously, outside you know, the injuries they received in the accident. What we do in the structured settlement industry is we submit those medical reports to the doctors at the various life carriers. They evaluate his life expectancy. So let's say they call us up and they say, we have issued a rated age on this individual, and the rated age is 65. So that means now that statistically that life insurance carrier feels that this individual has a life expectancy of 13 more years, not 35 more years. Mm-hmm. So the cost of the annuity is cheaper. The risk, and, and you know, again, we keep using that word, the risk is on the life carrier, not on the injured victim. Yes, so essentially what happens is we can get a discounted annuity to put together the plans for this person. And when you're dealing with a case where the injury victim has significant or catastrophic injury, we have a high-rated age, it, it's very difficult to explain not using a structured settlement to fund their care. Absolutely. And you know, the flip side of that is if we have limited funds to spend, if the carrier exactly. only has, uh, let's say, 200000 to settle a case and it's got serious injuries, because of the substandard age rating, you're able to provide greater benefits to that claimant than you would if he was a normal, healthy individual. So. Absolutely. And beyond that, though, mm-hmm. just because the rating comes back as substandard is no guarantee that this individual is going to die at that time. That's an excellent point, Chris. And, you know, it, it happens. You guys have seen it. Mm-hmm. You have people that live to a normal life expectancy after they've been rated that way, this annuity never goes away. If that person got the lump sum and they said, well, you know, I'm only going to live till I'm 65, they could be spending their money to live to 65 and then have 10 more years, 12 more years of what? Absolutely. That's a a very good point you're making. And in essence, you know, I say that the the ability to design these lifetime payments that are tax-free and guaranteed uh, is critical for some of these for this investor class these, these people that are involved in these in these injury cases and as someone once put it preservation of capital never looks so good so let's take a short break and uh, when we come back uh, we'll have a kind of a startling figure on just how quickly people seem to spend their money after they receive a, a sudden windfall and uh, we'll return in about 60 seconds 
Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 130,000 cases structured. Ringler Radio is produced by broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. We invite you to listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network and become a member. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio and Legal Talk Network shows to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, and Pacific Life and Annuity. This is Ringler Radio, Internet radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, along with my colleague, Ringler Associate Bill Wakeley from Philadelphia, and Dr. Christopher Coyne from St. Joseph's University, also in Philadelphia. You know, I want to start this segment with the rather surprising statistic I mentioned uh, before the break. Cornell University did a study several years ago on lump sum lottery winners, and the study says that within five years of receiving a lump sum, winners had spent over 80% of that money. And frankly, uh, I I know some folks who would have spent it a lot more quickly than that, my brother-in-law for one, but uh, how about you folks? How about you, Bill? Well, you know, you're you're right, Larry. When you first hear that statistic, it's kind of amazing. But having been in this industry for so long, um, I don't even flinch at that at that statistic because we see it all the time. Uh, and what's worse, we see it in 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 the instance of personal injury victims. I mean, how many times have both you and I seen a case that you know the entire lump sum was taken in cash, and three or four years later we have a conversation with the attorney on another case, and they mentioned us. You know, remember that case that we had a few years ago? They've completely spent all their money and. You know, they're on welfare or they're on Medicaid or whatever. It's uh, it, it's an amazing situation. I guess it's human nature. Well, you know, it is it is funny. And I know we can tell a lot of different war story examples, but the one that comes to my mind is uh, the woman that was severely injured and uh, was going to receive a structured settlement of approximately 600000 in a tremendous program over her lifetime. And the husband, you know, who was Mr. Macho Man, decided he was going to take the cash and uh, turn down the structure, although we did structure the college funds for their two children. And uh, about nine months later, I got a call at my house, which is very unusual from a claimant. I got a call at my house from the, from the, from the husband wanting to know if he could somehow get to the uh, college funds that we had set up for his two children mm. because he had, he had dissipated the 600000 on some crazy deal in, in the Caribbean real estate market. And uh, I said to him, I said, you know, the beauty of, uh, of what I'm going to tell you is that, no, you can't get to those college funds, and you'll thank me later for that. But I did manage to ask him. I said, I don't want to rub salt in the wound. I said, but if you had to do all do it all over again, would you have taken that structured settlement? And he said, absolutely, he would have. And, and you know, because we all seem to have ideas at the time that, uh, you know, we think we're going to do better and, and have great, great schemes in our mind. But, uh, you know, when we really think about it in the light of day, it doesn't seem to make sense. And, Chris, I know you must be de- you must deal with that all the time. Well, uh, let me throw a, another little piece of information at you. There's um, different saying, sayings in, in many different countries, Chinese, Europe, over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, wealth lasts about three generations. 
Mm-hmm. So this is even old established wealth. Mm-hmm. It's dissipated in three generations. So, you know, when you, when you, am I surprised by the 80%? Yeah, I am. But it, it doesn't matter. Wealth gets dissipated. It does make a certain amount of sense. But the problem is everybody thinks they have a system. Exactly. Everybody thinks they can beat the market. Everybody thinks that they know more than anyone else, and, and they know what the hot investment topic is, and they're going to make millions, and they're going to become the next Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Time and time and time again, it just doesn't happen. And, you know, that's a sad thing that, that this guy lost all that, and it's a good thing that he couldn't get to the kid's money because at least something's going to come out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Chris, what, what, I, I remember uh, a discussion we had previously where you had mentioned, you know, somebody that, that does put together, you know, a financial plan and just doesn't go out and blow the money on real estate and cars and houses and all that. And even in that situation, you know, you're making a series of, of assumptions year after year on, you know, and, and you hear this phrase all the time, past performance is no guarantee of future returns. You get a bad year, you get two bad years, or you have to invade the principal for something that you need to or something that you really don't need to. It it, it all is a house of cards sometimes. Well, again, that, that gets back to the point I made about the volatility, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, an average rate of return, this is a great example. You have an average rate of return, it's 12%, which is nice. But that average rate of return occurs over a period of time. You could have four, five, six years of returns that are under 8 and then other years where the return is over 20. Mm-hmm. That still gives you the average of 12. But if you are spending money out of this pot that you've been given for something like this, those six or seven years of 8% returns are not the 12% that you used in your calculation to take the money out, to take your, you know, your, your annuity. So what are you doing? You're cutting into that principal amount which means there's less now to earn interest. And as long as that interest rate is under 12, you're eating substantial chunks of that principal, and you might not have any money left when the return does get to 20. Exactly. Chris, so, so given all that, what advice would you give someone who receives a personal injury settlement and wants to accumulate wealth? What would you tell them to do if he was coming in your office? What would you suggest? I, I would strongly suggest that they not try to accumulate wealth, that they try to preserve what they've got. Mm-hmm. They already have wealth. I mean, that's really what they have to think about. If you had somebody with 600000 I mean, I'm, I'm not that familiar with, with uh, the, like the typical payouts that would have. But mm-hmm. if, if you, in my mind... If you had somebody that received a $600,000 payout, they're probably uh, maybe tops of a 30000 a year income earner. Would right. That, would that sound about right? That's correct. So 600000 for them is substantial wealth. They no longer have to accumulate wealth. They are now wealthy. The question is, how do you live on that? Now, they think wealthy is driving the Mercedes and getting new cars every year and having a house down the shore and a house in the mountains. That's, that's Bill Wakely. That's <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but, but wealthy is simply being able to have those needs taken care of. And for them, those needs are taken care of. Well, would you recommend they look at a structured settlement annuity, for example? Uh, if they came in and had absolutely nothing, I, I would certainly look in that direction again. Because the point is, 
these people do, don't really have an appreciation of the kinds of costs or the kinds of difficulties they're going to encounter tomorrow. They may be unable to work at all in another five years. Well, let that's, me, that's why that money's there. Let me, let me just give you a little bit of a, 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 side, a side note here. A, a friend of mine who's in the financial services business, in the financial planning business, you know, he, he made a very telling comment to me, and this is what he said to me. He said, you know, forget about all, all the negatives that financial planners like to talk about regularly uh, when they speak of structured settlements. You know, because when they're competing against us, they always talk negatively right. about it. Right. But here's what he said. He said, listen, if this tax-free annuity product was available to us for our non-injured clients, we would be selling the heck out of it, you know. So it's a tremendous product, and... Uh, and we've just got to keep trumpeting it uh, as we go along. And Bill, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you you do this every day for a living as well. And, and we've got to continually educate people as to just what a great product we have. Well, you know, that that's that's a really good point, Larry. And and it, it it gets down to that in so many different ways. And I'm I'm not saying that just because I'm here at St. Joe's with with Chris, but I'm telling you, education, due diligence, and diversification are the only antidotes in this business to bad decisions. I mean, structured settlements provide all of that. The fact that claimants are making settlement planning decisions, they only have this one opportunity to make this decision, and, and, and it's often under very trying and emotional circumstances, it, it makes due diligence even more critical. I mean, Chris and I can tell you, just from dealing with students in our MBA classes, as well as with clients, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions out there. They're rampant in the financial services industry. You can imagine how confusing and overwhelming it is to somebody who's who's not a non-sophisticated investor. Absolutely. Chris, any final and, thoughts? Well, the other point, too, one of the other things that people really, really need that unfortunately uh, fails is discipline. That's really what it comes down to. It's, yeah. it's simply the discipline of understanding that they can't go shoot the moon with this stuff. They can't, you know, one big roll and we win or lose because losing has far more serious consequences. Not just you can start over. That's the point. They can't start over. Exactly. As a consequence of, of what has happened to them, they are not in a position to start over, so they cannot afford the risk of starting over. Well, Chris, if someone wanted to get in touch with you to talk to you a little bit more about this, how would they do that? Uh, they could either e- email, and it's it's uh, c c o y n e at s j u dot e d u, and uh, call me here six ten six six zero one six six eight. And I'd be happy to uh, do what I can. Great, Bill. How about yourself? Well, they can probably easiest way these days to reach people, uh, Larry, is by email. You can reach me at email at uh, b wakeley b w a k e l e e at wranglerassociates.com. Uh, you can also offer, uh, you know, contact Ross Duncan, who's the head of our Philadelphia operation, at rduncan at wranglerassociates.com, or Mike Mullen uh, at mmullen at wranglerassociates.com. And you can catch any of us in our Philadelphia office at 1-800-869-9450. Well, while you're emailing all of those, all of those other folks, you can always call me at 978-974-9922. And, of course, reach any of our Ringler Associates at ringlerassociates.com. Well, once again, thanks for listening. I'm Larry Cohen, and go out and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. 
Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, Liberty Life, American General, and Pacific Life and Annuity.